From WNYC, this is Money Talking. I'm Charlie Herman. As you may have heard, President-elect Donald Trump has a conflict of interest with businessman Donald Trump. What about the looming question of conflict of interest? We're launching a new segment today called Conflict of Interest Watch. Donald Trump faces a thicket of potential conflicts. Trump's massive business portfolio presents unprecedented conflicts of interest. Nearly every day, there is another story. Bloomberg reports that Trump is suing Washington, D.C. so he can pay lower taxes on his new hotel there. Or the Kingdom of Bahrain is planning to host a party at that same hotel just a few blocks from the White House. And then there are reports that the Secret Service might rent office space in Trump Tower in Manhattan. The incoming president says that he will address how he's going to handle all of this at a news conference later this month. In the meantime, we're going to take a look at the people he's choosing to be part of his administration, in particular, those who will run the nation's finances. And with me to do that are Jesse Isinger with ProPublica and Rick Newman with Yahoo Finance. And Rick, how would you characterize the people Trump is picking? People like Wilbur Ross for Commerce Secretary or Steve Mnuchin for Treasury? Well, so far, they're sort of like insider outsiders. So these are guys who mostly do not have any political experience. They've never been in government, but they have a lot of experience as financiers on Wall Street doing deals. Uh, Wilbur Ross is a billionaire with a net worth of something like $3 billion. Uh, Steve Mnuchin, 17 years at Goldman Sachs. He ran a hedge fund. These guys sort of know Wall Street inside out. So I don't know if you'd call that baggage or experience, uh, but they bring that into a job that they've never done before, which is operate inside the government. Uh, Jesse, when you when you look at these candidates that he's choosing, if you're a Trump supporter, do they make you feel comfortable or are you a little bit at ill at ease? Oh, they're just common men uh, interested <laughs> in the uh, the working man, you know. Um, the cabinet so far is going to be – have the highest net worth of any cabinet in history. These guys are going to be interested probably in lowering their taxes, um, maybe some deregulation. This is not so far the agenda that Trump occasionally ran on as the champion of the working class. He talked a lot about draining the swamp. When you look at these people, are these swamp drainers? Well, what's interesting is that the swamp dwellers are at the lower levels. So on his transition team, you've got classic Washington ideologues and lobbyists, the person heading up the transition team for the financial regulatory agencies is a Washington figure who's been a far-right deregulatory ideologue. And then you've got a lobbyist for Quicken who has become the transition head for HUD. You've got a series of people like that. Well, Rick, this has always been an issue, the revolving door between people who go into government and then they go into the private sector, make a lot of money, go back into this or maybe become lobbyists. Is this really anything new or could you also make the argument it's actually a good thing because these people do know how government works and they know how the private sector works? I think you have to judge it totally on the performance and once we see what they're actually doing. I mean, let's say you look at the Obama administration. It's not as if they just recruited ordinary folks off the street for every cabinet position. I mean, Penny Pritzker is the commerce secretary right now. She was a huge Obama donor. Uh, She didn't have a lot of experience for that job. I mean, you know, patronage exists in every administration. You always see big donors getting ambassadors ambassadorships and other cabinet-level posts. And some of them are just not qualified. 
With regard to Wilbur Ross, he is very qualified to be Commerce Secretary if you just set aside the fact that he hasn't worked in government. So he doesn't know how to send a bill up to Congress, for example. But you have staff that does that. You have professional staff that does know how to do that. He knows a lot about trade. He has done many deals himself across borders, and he knows a lot about how to do that. Steve Mnuchin knows finance. So in that regard, their professional qualifications are good. We have to totally keep an eye on whether these people just get up there and, and you know immediately start self-dealing or whether they are doing things that actually seem to be in the interest of the country. Oh, I'm a lot more pessimistic than that. I think these guys, uh, by and large, are ideologues and there are a lot of people who lack experience. So on the ideological front, you've got an education secretary who doesn't appear to believe in public education. At EPA, you've got a climate change denier. And the attorney general, Jeff Sessions, you've got a guy who uh, was too racist in the mid-1980s to be approved to be a federal judge. I'll 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 grant those to you. I will grant (laughs) those. to you. In fact, I would actually argue that the economic team seems to be the most, I don't want to say moderate, but pragmatic-minded, if you will. That's what they're saying what we now, say now and they're mixing signals on things. So Mnuchin went on CNBC the other day and said that, oh, the, we're not going to actually cut taxes for the wealthy. But that's the number one policy priority of uh, the Republicans in Congress and I expect that they will cut taxes for the wealthy and I think that they'll deregulate Wall Street. So in that sense, their experience actually is predictable for what they're going to try to achieve, which one, I think will be bad for the economy, but two, more specifically, will be bad for this core group of Trump voters. When you look at the people that he's appointing, do you see a cohesive economic worldview coming into place? I do see a cohesive worldview, and it's basically get the government out of the way. The economic part of this is kind of conventional conservatism, lower taxes, let everybody keep more of their own money, get regulations out of the way so businesses have fewer rules to contend with. The question is, will the market, all this market magic, help the people Trump said he wants to help? And I'm not sure I see how that's going to happen. I started off this conversation talking about Trump's conflicts of interest. I'm wondering, though, if that doesn't get addressed, does that set a tone in this administration that you could have people under him, not necessarily even cabinet secretaries, but below that, who decide they don't have to worry about it because if the president isn't, why should I? Yeah, absolutely. It could set that tone. And I would go further to say if he does not do a satisfactory job of separating himself and his family members from his business, that's important. The family members are important. If they do not put firewalls in place, there's just going to be a stream of controversies that will hinder his ability to get things done at some point. Yes, and I actually think this is an insoluble problem because they sell their brand and so you they're highly unlikely to divest fully in a, an adequate way and that I completely agree that this sends a message down through the ranks which will be two things. One, it's okay to grift and two, if you see that, don't object because you could get punished. Uh, so I think that this administration is in terrible danger of having all sorts of financial conflicts of interest and shenanigans. In addition, They all have uh, or many of them have deep connections to businesses. So they're going to be both ideologically interested in giving regulation and lowering taxes for corporations and maybe taking something on the side or helping the former businesses that they work for. So I think that that's uh, rife for conflicts and uh, we're going to have a lot to cover. Uh, It's (laughs) a question of whether the public cares. Jesse Isinger is with ProPublica and Rick Newman is with Yahoo Finance. Thank you both for joining. Thanks, Charlie. Thank you. And I'm Charlie Herman, and this is Money Talking from WNYC. 